Welcome to our weekly three-minute therapy podcast. I'm Dr. Michael Edelstein, a clinical psychologist and author of Three-Minute Therapy, and my partner is with us, Nick Berry, who co-authored Stage Fright with me, and uh, a book on performing uh, public speaking anxiety. And that's what we'll be speaking about this morning. And uh, Mick has a lot of experience performing as an actor, stand-up comic, a musician. Any others, Mick? Just stand-up comic, musician. There's probably something else. I'm not thinking of it right yeah. now. Actor, stand-up comic, musician. I should look at my website. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> Okay. I, I do one-man shows also. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so um, we will be discussing uh, Mick's, one of Mick's fields. I guess all of them could have anxiety. and All of uh, them do. All of them have anxiety, depression, anger, guilt, procrastination, and addictions. So are there any of those that are particularly prominent uh, in performance, performing uh, professions? Well, I, I think they're all equally uh, potentially irrational and potentially rational. You're getting up in front of people and you're getting paid to do it. And so you obviously want them to be satisfied with your performance because it means employment for you and your profession and career. So the pressure to do well can be quite immense. And, and this, the self-imposed pressure, I might add. Uh, the potential pressure, let's say. Yeah, um, right. Yes. Um, but I think most people would say, so you're, in saying that, you're saying fundamentally there is no pressure. We create the pressure. Yes, yes. Uh, the way I see pressure, it's a, it's a subheading under anxiety, stress, nervousness, those kinds of things. So. Uh, it's appropriate to feel great concern and great determination to do a good job when you're performing, but uh, you um, escalate the, the desire to do a good job into a must and that creates pressure. So that, um, that's my view. Okay, yeah. Well, there are high stakes in situations. I think you'd agree with that. Yeah, definitely, be, uh, definitely. The yeah, consequences of your performance can be quite uh, monumental. And I've talked to people that have, well, this is in the Stage Fright book. Mark Schiff talked about, he went on The Tonight Show for his first appearance and the room, he got up there, Johnny Carson announced his name. He got walked from behind the curtains. Oh my God, he's on the other side of the curtains. And the room started spinning around and he didn't remember anything about his whole set, yeah. but he had rehearsed it. 40 or 50 times live in front of a crowd in Los Angeles. So he was able to deliver the set and it worked swimmingly, but he had no idea how he did until he got off stage and people told him how well he did. Yeah. 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 Another example of uh, stage fright or anxiety among famous actors and actresses is uh, the case of Helen Hayes. Helen Hayes was a, very famous actress, I think in the 30s and 40s, 
Do you remember her? Beyond that, she had a theater in New York named after her. I don't know. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She very much yeah. more successful than that. Yeah. So the story I tell about her, um, and I think I learned it from Albert Ellis, was uh, that although she was, was so well-known and so, so popular, as you're saying, Mick, she had a theater named after her, um, before every performance, she was very, very nervous. And she probably had a demand for a guarantee. Although I've done well for the last 30 years, I must have an absolute guarantee I won't fall flat on my face tonight. So, uh, and that just shows the importance of cognition in working on problems. So if you do the thing you're afraid of again, 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 but you, uh, don't change your thinking, then that's not going to change your emotions. So right. really, yeah. And and then conversely, if you do change your thinking and change your emotions, it's still important to get out there and do it because the test is in actually doing the activity because you could feel absolutely comfortable in your living room and work on your emotions but then when you get out there and do it, you might find that you haven't worked as thoroughly as you can. So coupling the two, doing the behavior that you're afraid of doing that you would benefit from doing well, and also cognitively what you're thinking about it, the two of them together will reduce and eliminate the stage fright or the anxiety or depression or whatever yeah. the pressure is that you're putting on yourself. Yeah, well said. Uh, as a last point, I had a question for you, uh, Mick. I always admire when we do these podcasts how relaxed, spontaneous, <laughs> and uh, and um, articulate you are. Was this true when you first started performing? Did you work on it in some way, or were you just naturally like that? Uh, well, I, I think the more you perform, the more you present yourself in public, the more comfortable you are doing it, and then as you are more and more comfortable, then you can just think off the top of your head. So then you can act spontaneously. I am not as adept as I would like to be. I know some stand-up comedians that are so highly skilled. They, it's amazing what they can do in the spur of the moment. I'm trying to get better. Yeah. yeah. Um, let me say that I have seen uh, several people who will really create a lot of anxiety and several people who will be able to be very calm. And I think in the performing world, a lot of people have figured out a way to make it work for themselves. And often what you'll hear is somebody wants to, will say, I want to be detached from the outcome of my performance. I want to be detached from the results. I want to be committed to the method and the application and the endeavor and the execution of my efforts, but I want to let go of what the results of my efforts are. And that's how I've often heard performers talk about it. That isn't putting it in REBT terms. REBT terms would be have the desire to do well, don't demand to do well. Exactly, exactly. Uh, also, you said the more you do it, the more comfortable you are. But would you agree that uh, if you don't change your thinking, 
you could do it a hundred times and not be more comfortable. Yeah, you're think- correct. Uh, I do think that the more people do it, the more they get in touch with their self-defeating thoughts and change them to self-helping thoughts in their own way, not using REBT language, but they would say, well, I'm able to let go of the outcome. I'm able to commit to the process and let go of the outcome. Yeah, we had, uh, I forgot who it was, Mick, but in, in the book, one of the actors, performers you interviewed said, the way he deals with it is he relabels the anxiety as just great anticipation, something like that. Yeah, I don't remember who that is either. That, I think, is a way to prevent getting nervous about being nervous. Yeah, say, exactly. Well, I'm not nervous, I'm excited. So then yeah. you don't get nervous about being nervous. Yeah, exactly. Panic tends to set in if we get nervous about being nervous. Oh, now I'm nervous, I can't handle it. Uh, having a little bit of butterflies in your stomach is something that I, I think I still experience. I know I experience it. I don't worry about it. I attempt to be as calm as I can be, but if I don't achieve the calmness I'd like to have. I just don't worry about it and get on with it. I don't need to be perfectly calm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Very good. Very good. Um, I like to thank you all for viewing. Yeah. Mick, you want to say one last thing? Yeah. I have one other thing to say. I think the world of performing is particularly pronounced in experiencing Um, our demand to please people because the performing is about pleasing people. It's all about having people like what you do and satisfying them. So it isn't like we can just say, oh, I don't care if I please them. Well, no, it's important to please them, but not demand that we have to please them. Yes. And I think that, so what we're discussing is of the three demands, I must do well, you must treat me well, and life must go well. We're talking about the first demand, I must do well, uh, but that also includes, as you're saying, I must do well and get approval. So often both are in there with anxiety. And I also think uh, life must go well. If I don't do well, then my life will be terrible. I mean, if you have a performance, an audition, and a job is riding on it and you don't do well, you're talking about more difficulty from unemployment and lack of income, those are big, important things, but there's no guarantee of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good addition. Okay, well, uh, thanks, Mick, for being part of this informative uh, discussion as an expert and as my podcast partner. And thank you, Chris Rossini, our tech engineer, for doing the tech part. Comment below if you have any thoughts about the discussion. And uh, if you have uh, questions you'd like us to respond to, please put it in the comments. If you'd like to be a guest, let us know. Looks like Mick survived as the guest, part (laughs) guest. How how I have you fooled. (laughs) And uh, give us a thumbs up, suggest subjects. Uh, donate to Patreon to support us and subscribe to Three Minute Therapy Podcast to stay on the rational side of life.